Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you guys. Um, this is your first time here. My name is John Wagler. I'm part of this Hill City team and uh, grateful you're here today. Uh, we are um, kicking off a new series, but it's kind of blending into what we just talked about um, for the last couple of weeks. We talked about mental health for two weeks, and uh, we're actually going to start off the year in January with eight weeks uh, around that, eight or nine weeks around that. Uh, but we... Uh, I've been having, I want to like bring you into a little bit what's been going on in my heart and mind and uh, soul uh, um, over the past probably year and uh, Lacey's as well. And, and um, it's, it's around this idea of prayer. And so we um, called the series Just Ask, and which is also after my favorite ice cream in the history of the world. Um, if you've ever been to Gelati, maybe we could have them sponsor um, something. But um, this idea of prayer, and I, and I want us to take uh, some time, uh, I don't even know how many weeks we're going to do. I had a whole other plan. We were going to do the Your Call series, if you guys have ever been around for that. We were supposed to do that um, during this season, um, but just through prayer, it just felt like we should talk about prayer, and, um, and I don't know how long it's going to be. I guess we'll keep praying about that, but like we're, we're going to, uh, just for the next season, um, just see how long we're, we're going to talk about it, but I, I want us to talk about prayer. And, um, and today's going to be more of like kind of just like a high view of kind of getting us grounded where I need to be. And then we're going to take a look at different elements of prayer throughout the next several weeks. Um, how many guys have ever felt like me and uh, felt the mystery of prayer and maybe like an unknown thing or like maybe I'm not even good at it? You know, uh, and wondering, like, am I saying the right words? Am I asking the right questions? Am I doing this the right way? Uh, I would, if, if I'm honest, prayer does not necessarily come natural for me in, in the way that I usually think about prayer. Uh, when I think about prayer warriors, it's the people that I'm like, oh, man, they're down on their face. And they're, like, they've been praying for hours and hours, and they can just do it so easily, and that God has just instilled that in them. And, and, and that's not a natural thing for me. And, and it's something that uh, for my whole entire kind of faith, um, even when I got into a really sweet spot, I really struggled with prayer. And um, I did it, and I feel like I talked to God and everything, but I, I still struggle with, like, the, is it, is, is it really vital in my life? Is it vibrant in my life? Is it, um, is it what God desires for me in my life? And then there's all these questions around prayer. And, uh, it, you know, it's, um, does prayer work? Does, uh, should I really pray for that parking spot? That feels weird, right? Um, does God really care about sports? I don't think so. Uh, and so how does Tim Tebow always win when he prayed? And, um, but <laughs> how uh, all these different things around prayer, like even like when it comes to like a miracle, it's like, do I, do I pray for a miracle? Do I, does God really going to suspend the reality of, of this earth and do a, a miracle? Like how, how does that, that work? And, and those are all things that we want to talk about um, in this series. And um, how many of you guys have ever said you were going to pray for someone, forgot, then you saw them, said a quick prayer in your head, and then said, I was just praying about you. It's weird that you're here, right? And so, but prayer is an interesting um, thing. Even the way sometimes we talk about prayer, it's like it's just talking to God, and, and, and that's true, but there's more to it uh, than that. And, and sometimes we even get kind of messed up in our own prayers, and um, there's this video. Do we, every do we have the video? Yeah, we're good. Um, that I was like, maybe you feel like, like this, or maybe this looks familiar with uh, prayer. So let's take a look at this. Christian, I guess that it would be easy for you to recite the Lord's Prayer. Is that what we're resorting to here? 
Gestapo tactics. I would like to hear. The, would you like to hear the Our Father, Art, who is up in heaven, aloe vera be thy name, the thigh, thy kingdom, the magic kingdom, as it is on earth in the helicopter. Give us this day our daily pizza and let us digest it. Forgive us. Pass. Forgive us for trespassing and do not lead us to the temptations because we are tired of them and their dancing. Deliver us from evil with your mighty sword and falcon forever and ever and ever. Amen. So, I feel like that's a good view of what politicians do with prayer these days, anyway. So, um, but there's this reality with prayer that um, sometimes we don't even know what we're saying. Sometimes we don't know if we're saying it right. Sometimes we uh, wonder, does it ever really work? And uh, I was reading about the Korean church um, recently, and um, there's been an explosion. Uh, and they actually, the Korean church actually has the, the largest church in the world is housed there um, at almost a million people. Um, one church, almost a million people. They have 19 sites which means that's a little over 50,000 per site, okay? So um, I was reading about this, this, this one church and actually about the Korean church in general and kind of how the gospel has exploded there. And they were interviewing the pastor and they asked him, how do you, like, wh what's happened here? Like, <laughs> like, how do you explain what's going on? And he just said, prayer, that's it. It's like, that's not a system. It's not my preaching. It's not our music. It's not anything else. It is simply prayer, that God's people started to have a heart for prayer. Um, and he started talking about how uh, the Korean church is, um, the movement of Christianity really started there in around the early 1900s, and it all revolved around prayer. And, uh, and he started saying that how when the people in, in Korea really got latched into this idea of prayer, it connected them to the previous generation before them because they were realizing, and here's like, this is why prayer can be so powerful, because um, every single person sitting in this room um, is an answer to someone else's prayer that came before them. And you begin to see that you get connected to something that happened far beyond your years. And that the way that you pray and the way that you start engaging prayer becomes prayers for the next generation and the generation after that. And there's this link that ends up um, happening. And so prayer starts being this vital part to this church and this church starts really growing. Now, now hear me, this is what they do for prayer every single day. They have a prayer meeting that every site gets filled up on the hour at five, six, and seven o'clock in the morning. If you're not, if you miss the five o'clock window, you wait to get into the six o'clock. Five, six, and seven o'clock in the morning. And you think, well, that's crazy, man. That's all the people praying. That's wild. That doesn't stop there. Every single night, starting at 11 o'clock at night, they pray from 11 to 1, and they just pray just kind of corporate prayer out loud for two, a couple hours together. Then at one o'clock till four o'clock in the morning, they have all the needs for the entire church and they pray over all of them. Every day and every night of every single year, that's what's happening. And their church keeps growing. 
and expanding and their influence in the city around them is unbelievable. And people are running to prayer. They feel like if they miss out on a prayer meeting, and it's, again, this isn't like, oh, do they play really cool music there at their prayer? No, 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 no. It's like they just come into a room and pray. No lights, no show, no screens, no, I mean, they just come and pray. Pray, and, and that's what people are there for, to pray. I'm reading the story, and I'm like, it's, I'm like woefully short of that kind of engagement in prayer. And even reading it, I'm like, I can't even imagine myself doing it. Like, that's how woefully short I am on that kind of prayer. Like, I, I can't even imagine myself doing it. And so I, uh, and this, you guys, this is this week. This isn't like 10 years ago. I'm like, no, here I am. I pray and I do this. It's like, no, this week, I can't imagine myself doing that. And then I thought to myself, I must be missing out on something God is doing. And I feel like I pray a good amount pray several times a day and, 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 and engage God a lot. But I sat there and I was like, ah, I think I'm missing out on what God might be doing. And I was thinking this week, I was like, how can my heart be more wide open to, how, to like what prayer actually means? And what does that mean for us as a community? Because I started thinking about we've done 21 days of prayer. And, we've done, and here are the conversations we have. This is, we're like, it's really hard for people to get here. Like, we're, we're like gathering around like, we're going to do 21 days of prayer. 21 days. They're doing 365. All right, but this is not about making us feel guilty, but maybe it will be. But, but <laughs> we're like, we'll do 21 days of prayer. And, and we used to do it at uh, 7, I think we did it, first time we did it at 6.30 is what we tried. And we're like, oh, that's too early for people. And come in, and there'd be like 17 people that would come. And it was always the same, like 17 to 20 of us. And then we're like, well, we could do it earlier because like they have kids. And like, what if we did it online? Because like, then that way they could like, you know, people could chime in if they needed to. They could wake up. And then we realized no one ever watched online when we <laughs> did it either. And so that wasn't a thing. They're like, what if we did it at noon? Everyone eats lunch. You could just like take a lunch period and like just, just come over and pray. And then we just, people wouldn't do it. It was even hard for our staff to do it all the time. I was like, man, I can't imagine at five, six, and seven every single day, and then from 11 to, to four in the morning. And I know not everyone does it every single day there, and I know like not everyone's like fully committed, like everyone, like not everyone's on the same page, but, but man, what a community. And I was just like, can't be good that I'm that far off. It can't be good that um, my engagement with prayer um, feels like so distant from that reality. It can't be good, right? We've got to be missing out on something. And this has been something that's been um, stirring in my soul for about a year and um, and really felt like, man, I've been really amping up my prayer a lot. Like, we pray a lot for you guys. 
We pray uh, a lot for um, our church community. We, we pray a lot for the needs. We pray a lot. We, and we're praying a lot. We're like, man, there's something that's got to like get in our, the very depth and the core of our being as a community. Because if it's not there, um, not only are you missing out as an individual, but we're missing out as a church. We're missing out in a way that I think God's like, hey, I get it. You guys try to think about how to reach people. And you try to think about all these different things. And he's like, and I gave you the easiest possible solution to do a lot of that stuff is to simply pray. And so we should pray. But then we feel like kind of, but I'm at the beginner stage. I don't even know what to pray. And that's what we're going to talk about throughout this entire series is kind of building this community of prayer. Thomas Merton says this. He says, prayer does not blind us to the world, but it transforms our vision of the world and makes us see it, all men and all the history of mankind in the light of God. That that prayer isn't about just um, disengaging. Prayer is actually the only way to engage the world around us. Prayer is the only way to fully see what God wants us to see. And then if prayer isn't actually there, then, then, then we're missing on what God wants us to do with our lives. Like we, we can't see the things the right way because our lack of prayer then means we want to go our own way. And we think we don't need God. It's like, no, that prayer actually allows us to engage the world around us and see the world around us like we should. Um, the big justice movements in our country that we know of in the past were bathed in prayer First. Some of the more recent ones have not been. And so what ends up happening is um, you, when they're not bathed in prayer, uh, you don't get justice. Um, you, what you get is eventually you get like a power grab. But man, when it's bathed in prayer, the heart is to see the way, see the way God sees things. And then all of a sudden, justice is on the other end of it. So prayer becomes a way of action Prayer becomes the only way to justice, actually. We'll talk about that more in this series. But even within the context of uh, some of the justice issues, I remember it was mm, a couple years ago now at this point, uh, someone that I I follow on Instagram um, said, "Um, I wish you would stop with the thoughts and prayers. I remember thinking that. I was like, that doesn't feel right. This was a a fellow believer um, that... And, and I was like, that, that's just not right. I was like, man, there's something to that. that someone would actually think about wanting to stop thought and thoughts and prayers, but, but they're saying to say stop thoughts and prayers for a reason as well. So there's something to that statement. Even when you think about scripture, it, prayer is, is in it everywhere. Uh, it actually starts in Genesis chapter 4. Um, you could argue maybe Genesis 3, but, but really Genesis chapter 4, we see this. When Seth grew up, who was one of the sons of Adam and Eve, says he had a son named Enosh. And at that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. And so we see, like, oh, like this whole prayer thing starts early in the Bible. And the Bible starts talking about prayer uh, a lot. And it's embedded in the reality of who God's people are. Paul, um, one of the writers in the New Testament, says this. He says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful 
and thankful. So we can't be thankful and we can't be watchful of the world around us if we aren't devoted to prayer. He says, you need to devote yourself to prayer. And you're like, well, hold on a second, Paul. These are oppressed people. These are persecuted people. And he's like, I know. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. The people that typically have the hardest time praying are those that are most comfortable and content. Because they're just like, why do I need to pray? I'm good. And Paul's like, no, devote yourselves to prayer. He also writes in another one of his letters, let your gentleness be evident to all. Look at this. The Lord is near. That's a key component to how he begins to talk. Because sometimes we feel like maybe the Lord isn't near. We've all felt that. But he's like, no, hold on a second. The Lord is near. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by what? By what? And petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. Then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you can read that in reverse. You will not have a guarded heart or guarded mind, and you won't have peace if you don't go to God with all your prayers and petitions, and you won't actually have thanksgiving either if you aren't devoted to prayer, and if you don't recognize that the Lord is actually near. You might be thinking, well, hold on a second. I've prayed a lot, and I still don't feel like he's near. I've prayed a lot, and I may not feel like, like the peace is actually there. And it's like, no, no, no. What Paul's saying is here is those times where we feel like God gets distant or those times where we feel like um, we've prayed a lot, but it's not being answered. And, and what Paul's saying is like, I get it, you guys. It feels like you're losing. And it's what's happening here with this church in Philippi. It's like, I feel like you're losing. It feels like you're, I mean, you're being oppressed. You're being killed. You're being, like, all this stuff. And it feels like, but I'm telling you, the Lord is near so keep going to him in prayer. Keep going and keep going and keep going. And that's where you start to find peace. There's other prayers in scripture like this in Psalm 137. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. I mean, it feels aggressive. <laughs> but why is this in the Bible? It's a prayer in Psalms and it's, it's in here because guess what? This person prayed that because that's where they were at. Is that the right prayer? No. But it's a prayer, and it's in the Bible. So there's something to this reality of, of God just being like, I just want you where you're at. So pray to me where you're at. Don't try and like dress it up thinking like, well, if I use the right words, then he'll answer the way that he, that, that he really wants me as if God doesn't know what you're really thinking already. So if it's raw and it's emotional and it, you might even cuss or whatever, say it. God wants you right where you're at in the space that you're at because if you're not going to be honest with God, then you can't be honest with yourself and you won't actually be able to hear what God wants you to hear. In Revelation 5, I don't have this, this passage, but I was just thinking about it. In Revelation 5, um, it's really cool because it says that um, our prayers, the way it's described, that our prayers are, are uh, formed into this uh, incense, and all of our prayers are in these bowls. 
And so there's some kind of connection with heaven on earth with our prayers. That they're being stored up and that this connection between our prayers are being linked in to heaven on earth. And as we begin to pray and we begin to engage that, that, that we can experience heaven on earth through prayer and that, that through our engagement in prayer that heaven on earth becomes a reality inside of us. It brings us back to where God has always wanted us to be. So is prayer just simply talking to God? Kind of. Is prayer uh, about just communication, building a relationship with God? Yes, in one way. For sure. And, and maybe that's the, the simplistic way that um, you've been taught, or maybe that's the way, you t- you know, we, we teach our kids on the front end. It's like, man, how can we ex- explain prayer to, to kids, right? Even though they have the most purest prayers ever. Like, kids should explain prayer to adults, not the other way around. Like, you, you, like if you sit with, like, young kids and they're praying, it is from the purest heart possible. This is why when, you know, Jesus says, like, let the, the kids come to me. And, like, why so aggressive against anyone that would do something to kids? He's like, because this is real faith. This is the purest kind of faith you can have. Like, when you hear a kid just, just pray for healing for someone, you're kind of like, well, you know what? Actually, the way this disease works, that's not what they're thinking. They're thinking, whoa, I'm praying to this God that is so big beyond my, that I can possibly imagine. And I believe God can do things. There's a beauty in kids' prayers and the authentic nature of it. Prayer forces us to deal with who we really are and how far we may be from who God wants us to be. See, prayer exposes us, doesn't it? Because when you really sit with God, you have these vulnerable moments, and God already knows who you are anyway. And you begin to confess what's really going on. And you become very aware of what's going on inside your heart. You become very aware um, of your thoughts. You become very aware of where uh, you might be lacking. And here's the the thing about prayer that almost feels, it can almost make you more anxious, right? (laughs) Because on the front end, you're like, whoa, I've got I've to give all this away, and, and, and I'm so exposed to this. I think part of the reason that we don't like to pray is because we just don't want to come to grips with who we really are. And I think we, we get saddled with this, like, either I'm good, or I don't need it, or I, whatever, it doesn't even work, and it's like, I don't think that's the real issue. I don't... I think the real issue is we aren't humble enough to want to be vulnerable and confess to God because we know that the second we do that, we are just wide open. It exposes us. Augustine says it this way, the true whole prayer is nothing but love 
And so when you think about love, what love is, loving well is to communicate. Love is to listen. Uh, love is to give ourselves over to another person. Um, and that can be in friendship. That can be in family. That can be uh, in marriage. To love is to change. Is to, is, is, uh, to love is to move into actions instead of just words. To love is to experience something that goes beyond our reality, right? Like when, uh, think about your best friend that you've ever had growing up, right? And, and you had this deep connection. You had this like love for one another. And you're like, man, it's just different between us, right? There's something that goes beyond like our reality, like this connection. And love goes beyond that. And that prayer is that. And so when I was thinking about Augustine's quote, here's what I wrote down. That prayer is communication. Prayer is listening. Prayer is Submission. Prayer is confession and vulnerability. Prayer is what leads us to justice and action. Prayer is to believe in the impossible. Prayer is about unity. Prayer is a key to loving God, ourselves, and others well. And prayer is like a portal into the kingdom of God. So it isn't just being like, ah, let me just get this out of the way in the morning or at night. It isn't just simply talking to God, though that's part of it. There's way more to this prayer thing. There's way more for us to engage. There's way more for us to see. There's way more for us to, to honor in the process of prayer. And if we don't, we are going to miss out and who God wants us to be. We're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on coming to grips with the reality of, of who we really are. Sometimes, um, let me give you an example of, of that. Sometimes you can be praying about something and you can confess and be vulnerable about that reality, about what you're praying about. And you know what you're doing isn't necessarily right, but you keep praying about it. And you realize that, man, I actually, God wants me to bring this forward and out, right? And to expose this into the light so, so it can be taken care of. But what do we do? We, we hide. Why? Because what prayer is done in that moment is, is exposed us. And then we don't like that. And so we, we hide back away. Whereas what prayer was actually leading us to in that moment of being exposed was, was that you needed help. It was actually exposing how much that um, God loved you. It was exposing the reality of, that you needed to share with community and people. But instead, we hide. Because we just wanted to talk to God and get it out, but we didn't actually want to fully listen to God and do what he said. Prayer changes things. Prayer takes us in a whole other direction we'd never be able to go. So when I go back to that whole thoughts and prayers thing, the reason why um, that when that person said it, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I, I wrote this down back then. I just kept it in a little note because like someday I'm just going to share this. But I wrote this down with thoughts and prayers. If you say thoughts and prayers, but aren't actually devoted to it, then you will ignore the problem and not be part of the solution. And you will continue to perpetuate the injustice that's at hand 
or you won't be of any comfort to the person that's in need. Because you're like, oh, thoughts and prayers. But if you're actually not devoted to thoughts and prayers, then you just ignore what the problem actually is. And you won't be a source of comfort for people that are in need. So, just, so, so if you say, uh, I'll pray for you, or I'm praying with you, pray. And make sure you do it. Otherwise, you're actually more part of the problem than you are the solution. However, if you say you shouldn't say thoughts and prayers, then you're ignoring the power of prayer that is talked about all throughout Scripture, and you're helping perpetuate Antichrist answers to the world's suffering and evil. So when someone's like, oh, you could take your thoughts and prayers. Like, we need to be people of action. It's like, no, 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 hold on a second. All throughout Scripture, it is the prayers of the people that led them to the realities of being active in injustices and being the people of God in the way that God began to engage the world around him. Prayer is a prerequisite to seeing the world as God does and keeping our actions in line with his will. So if you're a, a Christian here and you kinda, you're kind of you like, man, I want to do this Jesus thing. And, and if you're not a, a Christian, maybe you're wondering about prayer in general. That our, my hope, honestly, throughout this series will, will help kind of build up an understanding of prayer but, and then actually doing it. But... If you are a, a person who calls himself a believer, in your heart should be, I want to do God's will. And I want my actions to be in line with that. Well, prayer becomes a prerequisite for that to become a reality in your life. I wanted to highlight one of the uh, prayers of God's people that have been around for thousands of years. It's called the Shema. And... Um, Jewish folks still uh, say it morning and night um, now, and um, it was part of the rhythm of God's people um, in their prayer lives, and it's actually incredibly short, and it's based out of uh, Deuteronomy. And um, this was the way that they would start and end their days, but there were other prayers that would go in it and other readings that would go in it as part of the daily rhythm of prayer. Uh, Lacey in a couple weeks is going to talk about daily rhythms and, and, and uh, what it looks like in prayer. But they would start with the Shema. And here's what it would say in Deuteronomy 6, 4. It would say this. Say, here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so um, the, the word Shema actually means to hear. But uh, I want you to, to process what they were praying and how they prayed and, and what prayer actually meant. Because sometimes we take words like this and, and a scripture passage like this, and it's like, oh, we'll just say that. And it's like, no, there's something really deep about what was going on and, and how they were engaging prayer. When they said the word hear or shema, it means to listen. But in Hebrew, listen and act are actually the same thing. It, so you, you can't just hear something. You're, you're not actually listening if you don't act. So to, to hear God is to obey God, and to obey God is to hear God. Okay? So, so those two things are, are the same. So when they say hear, it's like, no, you listen and you obey. It, it's, it's not just like, oh, just hear this word. It's like, no, no, you listen and you obey. It's one concept. And listen, this, you, you see this play out in other scriptures too. Remember this part in James 1. James was a, a brother of Jesus and, and one of the early fathers of the church. He wrote it this way. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So if you don't listen and obey, you're deceiving yourself. 
So it's like this. How many of you all have ever um, heard or listened or you, you, you actually heard words that you're like, mm, that's true, that's what the Bible says, but you don't act on it? Anyone? Then you really weren't listening. And guess what you were doing? You were deceiving yourself. And so here, Israel, it's like to listen and to act. It's like, no, these are, these are one in the same. So when we're listening in God in prayer, this is, this is where I think we get kind of caught up. As we're praying to God, God is actually engaging us. And when we're listening, it's like, man, I want to take what I'm hearing and take what I'm connected with God. And it's like, no, then I got to act on this. And if I don't act on it, then all I'm doing is, is having shallow praise and then, prayers and then I'm deceiving myself on the other end because I'm not acting on it. And so to listen is to, to act as well. When it says that the, uh, or, or how about this? In, so think about this. In Romans 10, Paul writes, and when you start seeing that, that hearing and like listening and acting are together, you start seeing like, oh, like some of these scripture passages start actually feeling a little bit different. Paul writes, consequently, faith, your faith, comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So, so it isn't just that someone comes and like, hears this about this Jesus thing. And it's like, oh, we're good. It's like, no, no, no. It is that the person, that their faith happens when they what? Hear it and obey. But that's what happens. There's this active element to who we are. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here's what he's saying. There is no other God but Yahweh. That would have been the language they would have used. That it's the God. Now, there are a lot of other gods out there, right? A lot of things that people worship, from politics to money to power to whatever, to sex to whatever, you name it. A lot of other gods, but it's like, no, the Lord our God is one. It's like, there's no divided allegiance. Other to God, the passage continues and says this, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your, um, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Again, love, right? Love is a feeling, a choice, it's an action, it's, it's, it's who God is, like God is just love. The heart, when we think of a heart, now what they would have thought about in the heart is um, we would view this a little bit differently now, but the way they would have thought about it was like the heart was, was not just a feeling. Like they would say the broken heart was a reality. But they also thought like that from the core of your being, the heart was where your, your intellect came from. They didn't think about it like as a brain. It was like from the, it was like, man, your very being, your, it, was, it was from your, your heart. It's where you experience joy and pain, but also intellectual um, thought. It's where you... Um, where you began to, to, to sense like what you're actually dedicated to. And it's like, man, all of that is dedicated to God. Your, your soul represents your whole physical experience. Your whole physical experience. Again, I know we talk about it differently now, but the way they would have thought about it, like your soul is like your whole physical experience is to be dedicated to God. So when, we, when, so when people talk about being healthy, right? It's like your, your whole physical experience, what you eat and how you exercise, is to be dedicated to God. When people talk about sex, it's like your whole physical experience, it's to be dedicated to God. That's what it's supposed to be. And then your strength. 
strength. This is an interesting one because um, some of uh, the translations um, actually don't say strength, they say wealth. And so the, um, some of the scholars don't actually know, is it, is it strength or is it wealth? And, is it, um, and even the word kind of um, refers to kind of your full capacity. Tim Mackey from the, the Bible Project says that it's, it's your uh, muchness. It's, it's like, man, all that you are. And, and it's like, man, there's, there's that all of it. This is why this, this prayer is so powerful. It's so short, but it's so powerful. It's like all of it is dedicated to God. And listen to how the writer says, this is how it continues on. That these commandments that I give to you today are beyond your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on door frames of your houses and on your gates. What are they saying that meant? All that we are and everywhere that we go and all that we do and every person we interact with should be bathed in the reality that the Lord our God is one and that all that we are in prayer is dedicated to him. All that we are as a person is dedicated to him. All that we think is dedicated to him. All that we do is dedicated to him. And the way that you do this is to constantly remind yourself in prayer to engage it. Constantly. Prayer comes in many different forms, right? You can kneel, you can lie down, you can stand up. Um, we see this in scripture, like you can, uh, you can raise your hands in prayer, you sing in prayer, like, how about that? Like, Bible talks about that our singing is actually, it's prayer, it's not just singing, it's not separate. So we're about to sing another song, and I want you to think about this. We're, we're gonna sing to God, I, I, I know who you say I am. You're, you're praying that to God. But not only are you praying that, it's like, I want to hear from God and what this means, and I want to act on it accordingly. To not have prayer embedded to the core of our being is to be willing to sever the connection we should have to God. Band, you guys can come back up. Um, so I just want us to pause here before we sing. Why don't you all just bow your heads? I want you to sit with God for a second. Maybe you need to take a deep breath in, a nice long breath out. I want you to just have a moment of honesty with God. No fancy words. And I just want you to listen to God. What's God saying to your heart? 
promise you it's not negative or condemning or judgmental. That's not God. First positive thing you think about right now is what God wants to say to you or is saying to you. Will you stand and sing this last song with us?